Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Dawn of X podcast. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the ultimate extreme version of... Oh, for God's sake. My name is Ultimate Josh. (laughs) (laughs) This is a show where we review the weekly books of X-Men. But because we happen to be in some kind of pandemic, I think I've heard, there are no books. I've heard about this pandemic. Um, I've heard it's all false. I heard... That China is going to be sending us $1,200 a month? Is that what I heard? Uh, yes, they're paying for a wall, China. Oh, uh, They're well, pretty good at it. So They, it they are very good, very good at walls. <laughs> Great start, racism. So, Histor- historically, <laughs> historically. Historically, yes, historically, they're good at walls. Oh, God, what is the show? So, What is today, this show? I would much rather get into the geopolitical nature of the coronavirus than talk about what we're about to talk about. So, listeners, if you've been listening, you know this week's topic is Ultimate X-Men. But before we get into that, speaking of pandemics and hardship and the terrible things we all have to go through, Josh, did you know there is a new release date for New Mutants? I did know. I I did know because you told me. Yes. Um, Do I believe it? I do not. I don't believe it. I believe it if theaters are actually opening at that time because no. Disney just wants to get it out there. Yeah, um, why can't... Okay, I, I Scooby did explain Scooby-Doo can come out on fucking whatever. I believe I explained video. this to you, but I explained it to you on the episode that got erased for oh, God Loves Man Kills. I've, so I've erased remember, my memory of it too. So. That's true. So basically, Fox made a deal with Disney before that they before they mm. bought it officially where they had to show New Mutants theatrically and the streaming rights automatically go to HBO not Disney. I see. So the only way to go over that would be to pay a bunch of money to That's right. I guess HBO. Yeah. And basically it's like do we spend money on advertising or do we spend money to HBO just so we can put on VOD. It's yeah. a weird like either way we're going to lose money either and we don't know what's more worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I guess that does make some corporate <laughs> sense. Yeah. But like... Still, it sucks. Just put it on HBO Max then. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that would be nice too. I'm sure they'd love that. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, the new release date is August 28th, the week of my birthday. So that'll be fun. Oh, cool. Um, um, yeah, man, if we're, if we're allowed out of our houses again. Like, I know we are technically right now, but... Oh, yes, we're in Florida, we, so everything's yeah, open we're, Monday. We're in Florida, so we're in phase five, I think, at this point. Already, yeah. Like, <laughs> within a week, we went from phase one to, like, well, that was fun. Let's go ahead and do more phases. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> Press the brake, dude. Like, Well, I love that around us, beaches are going to be open Monday. But, like, mm-hmm. there's times that the beach will be open. So now you're ensuring people will be exactly. there at one time. Just open mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Just open it. Yeah, exactly. If you make everyone have to be there at a particular time, you're going to have more people there mm-hmm. at one time. That's what they it did in Jacksonville, too. Like, what a bunch of dipshits. <sighs> it is the worst idea. Like, yeah. And, and as I keep saying, I don't know if it's the wrong thing or the right thing. But what I do know is if you go too fast, yes, it's going to be the wrong thing. And right now, we're clearly going too fast because... This thing, you're not going to know what the ramifications of going to phase one are for like two more weeks. Yeah. At best. But like, you, so you're just jumping to phase two and three yeah. within five days? Like, motherfuckers. <laughs> this, this thing is a fucking disaster. It is. Anyway, Hopefully New Mutants is not a disaster. So yeah, going back to New Mutants, it won't be out 
go ahead and go ahead and unmark your calendars. It will not be out <laughs> on August 28th. I would love if we should do a week it comes out. We won't do bet. <laughs> yeah, we should we should do it at some point. Like just when will it come out before or after a certain date? And before see after the right. sun explodes. <laughs> before or after the fall of America. Yes, because the week it's supposed to come out, someone's going to lose the digital file and then just delete it <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so it's going to be like how I handle the podcast. Yes. Basically. Oh, whoops. Oh, shit. <laughs> or how I handled the notes last week. Oh, fuck. I hit the wrong button. Oh, fuck. I hit the wrong button again. <laughs> I kept going. <laughs> so that's your New Mutants update, our weekly New Mutants update, because it's always changing. The ever-changing New Mutants. The, uh, the, the name of the official name of the mo- movie is new mutants kick the can down the road <laughs> like, this thing will never fucking come out we'll never see this mu- movie what i also love is the fact that a lot of movies are getting pushed back but mm-hmm. this one's being pushed almost the closest like yeah fine august whatever because like for example wonder woman might get pushed to december i know i i feel like i i saw an article today that uh, I forget the name of the new Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, Tenet. Tenet, yeah. That it's still planned to come out in theaters in July? It is, but they said if it's pushed back, which I think it probably will. If yeah, it gets pushed back, so. that's going to make them push back Wonder Woman Every, into December. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Wonder Woman was already pushed back to begin with, and then it was going to yeah, come this out, movie, I guess. Wonder Woman, one. and correct me if I'm wrong, but Wonder Woman, this one was supposed to come out in 1984, right? So like, it, it's been pushed back a lot. <laughs> I believe. It was supposed to come out in November originally. Oh, oh. Yes. I, I must have looked at it. Cue the dad jokes. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Anyway, today we are talking about Ultimate X-Men. I will do anything in my power to stop that from happening. <laughs> I, will, I will railroad this entire fucking episode. <laughs> um, so basically, if you guys don't know what the Ultimate X-Men was or what the Ultimate Universe was, a little brief history. Marvel wanted to do a a massive reboot, but they didn't want to actually reboot their main continuity. So they said, okay, let's make a universe where everything's a little more up-to-date to to the early 2000s and see what we can do with fresher stories and new ideas and new versions of the characters. So I think they originally started out with Ultimate Spider-Man, then Ultimate X-Men, then The Ultimates, which was The Avengers, but not called that. So... In my personal opinion, the most successful one was Spider-Man by oh, Brian Michael without, Bendis. Without, I, I, there cannot be another, like, yeah. I mean, just critically, I think financially. Yes. Yeah. It also, of all the ultimate ones I read at the time, it was one, it was definitely the one that stuck the closest to the heart of what yeah. Spider-Man was. To me. And that's what I'm going to come back to with these X-Men over and over yes. again. Yes. But, there is uh, no fucking heart in this there story, isn't. in these stories. It's very shallow. But um, with Bendez, who I'm not always a fan of, sometimes I hate him, sometimes I love him. Yeah, Spider Ultimate Spider Man is his best work. One hundred percent. Just with Peter Parker's stuff, and then him making mm-hmm. Miles Morales, and those mm-hmm. stories are fantastic. Yeah, and for those who don't know, that is the Ultimate Universe is where Miles Morales first appeared. Yeah. Now, I when I first started reading this universe, I first read. I want to say Spider-Man and X-Men because I got like a free first issue in some pack of something. Sure. When I did. And then I read the Ultimates. And as a kid, I thought these were all really fun. And then as I got older reading them, I recently read Ultimates. And some stuff I was kind of cringy and some stuff I was like, that, that makes sense. And they actually end up using a lot of it in the current movies. 
Mm-hmm. So here's where we talk about Mr. Mark Millar. Okay. Oh, real I, quick, before we step away from the Ultimate Universe, there was there was an Ultimate Fantastic Four. Which is and, good. And there was also, it wasn't an ongoing as far as I recall, but there was a miniseries that I recall fondly, and I would love to go back and reread it again. Ultimate Daredevil and Elektra. Like it was like yes. a team-up thing. And totally. I remember that being really good. I never read it. But I know what you're talking about. I never yeah. read it though. Um, we will All get right. to some other Ultimate Universe stuff because I'll, I'm going to tell you where some of these characters end up in a uh, infamous uh, event called Ultimatum by Jeff Loeb. Oh yeah, please do because I never I did hear about it, but I stopped because I, I collected looking at these covers and recently finding a lot of my lost comics. I have a good chunk of the Ultimate X Men original yeah. run and the Ultimate Spider because I read those when they came out. I clearly blocked Ultimate X-Men from my brain <laughs> because I, it was like I was reading these for the first fucking time. Like the character designs, I remember. Yeah. But like the plots and stories, I, I did not remember this at all. No. So um, Mark Millar, I have, I, I was going to say love, hate, but I think his more recent work is actually very, very good. I think he's a good writer. I have his not early read years and years. So when I, when I say his recent work, I'm talking about his indie stuff for his actual mm-hmm. company. Because yeah. I think Kick-Ass is a great book. One, sure, two, and yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, I think Superior is really good. I never got into it. I never read um, it. Jupiter's Legacy, which is still continuing, is fantastic. Like, absolutely fantastic. And it's getting its own, um, its own Netflix series. Oh, good. To undo the movie? <laughs> and um, no, no, that's a different no, one. No, that's Jupiter Ascending, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. And then um, there's another one, Kick-Ass, Jupiter Legacy. Oh, uh, uh, Secret Service or the uh, Kingsman. The movie's oh, called Kingsman, yeah. but he wrote the comic. Oh, I didn't realize that. It was okay. called Secret Service, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also very good. So I think his current stuff is good. And ironically, a fantastic X-Men universe story, Old Man Logan, is written by him. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, all these things I mentioned have one common factor that is Mark Millar's major gimmick, and either you love it or you don't. It's what if this character was an asshole? Yep. Su- Superior is what if Captain Marvel was an asshole? Jupiter's Legacy is what if the Justice League were assholes? Um, Nemesis is what if Batman was an asshole? Mm. Those are all his premises. And sometimes yep. it works, and sometimes it fucking bombs. Superman Red Sun was one of my favorite stories. And yeah, what is that? And that is, what if Superman was a communist? Yeah. And, okay, I'm just going to say it. The ending, which is a fantastic ending, Red Sun, was mm-hmm. written by Grant Morrison because he literally told Grant Morrison he can't think of an ending. Yeah. So Grant Morrison made the whole time ending. Yeah. Like I said, of course he thing. did. Of course that was yeah. a Grant Morrison ending. <laughs> he was high like he usually is and yeah. he said, here's a great ending. That makes to- I did not know that, but yeah. now it makes total fucking sense. When I, I remember thinking, well, this feels like it, it felt like a very Grant Morrison thing because I think didn't it come out when Grant Morrison was doing new X-Men too? Yeah. So yeah, I remember thinking like, wow, this feels very fucking similar. Yeah. So he literally told Graham Morrison I couldn't think. He gave him, which props to him. He gave him full credit. He said like, I yeah. couldn't think of an ending, and then he helped me. That's so cool. that's well, a they, thing. They Scots um, stick together. Yeah. And um, are, they, are they both Scottish? It, yes. I could be wrong, but I want to uh, say yes. Yeah. Um. So then, when he got offered to write Marvel comics, I think his style worked decent on the ultimates but still has a similar problem 
as the X-Men one does, which is the characters all sound the same and they're lacking something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they're lacking character and they're lacking. Yes. And the only, like the only word that keeps coming back to my mind, because I I've spent the better part of a week and a half trying to figure out what it is that I have an issue with. Cause I, I've seen many X-Men reboots. I'm all, I'm all for, tweaking characters and modernizing them doing whatever you want to do that's fine i'm not i'm never the guy who's against that shit yeah there is no heart here there's no heart to any of these characters there's no heart to any of this story everything is just i need the story to move forward and so this is what i'm doing like there's no well on that topic it's for me personally someone i consider myself a writer and there's so many writing issues oh my god so many story beats where i'm like how do we get from this oh, to that. But before we get to fucking that, God. So have you ever read the ultimates? No. So one of my issues with that book is he brings in these characters in a very cinematic way and it works. But then also when you get to the actual characters, you're definitely missing something with like in Captain America. When we think of Captain America, yes, patriotic, but also he's the best of the best in every sense. He's a mm-hmm. good person, a good heart. Yeah. And this one in ultimates, he's almost kind of xenophobic. He's pushed to the extreme of being like an all-American person well, the, and screw anyone else. Well, yeah, and that's probably because Mark Millar is very like anti-imperialist, anti yeah. like I don't want to say anti-America, but like anti-evil empire and really yeah. like really ham that home in a lot of shit that he wrote, yeah. especially back then. And he sometimes and I also blame Brian Bendis for this, like a shocking moment for the sake of a shocking moment. Sure. Yeah. That you or actually Bendez will do a shocking moment. I think Millar will do a shocking line where it's like, why would someone ever say that? Like there's a line in the ultimates where he kind of makes it say he makes the Hulk when he's in Hulk form, basically say he's going to rape someone because he's a, you know, he's a ogre ish man. So he say whatever he wants. And he basically insinuates he wants to rape someone. And I'm like, Jesus that's Christ. not the Hulk. And there's even a big fight scene. Cause everyone knows how Hank Pym smacked his wife in that one mm-hmm. older issue. In this one, he, he puts him in a full-on brawl. And I'm like, that's unnecessary. <laughs> but again, yeah. on the flip side of that, some good ideas. Like in the Ultimates, you find out the Wasp isn't actually a genius scientist who gave herself powers. She's a mutant, but she's hiding it by saying she's a scientist. Oh, so they took her like incredible intelligence and career away from her and just said that she's a mutant. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get to how women are treated soon. So, uh, <laughs> but like I was saying, Old Man Logan is a very good book. Yeah. But when you bring it down to its core, it's what if all these characters were assholes? Mm-hmm. But if Wolverine wasn't as much of an asshole? Mm-hmm. What if he was just older and like not as rough around the edges anymore? But then eventually at the end becomes an asshole. Like yeah. it's, it's really what it is. So if it, hey, if it works for you as a writer... And as a reader, then more power to you. More power to you. I mean, but it really falls flat in a book that revolves around the heart of a family. Yeah, I mean, there it is. What the X Men is at its core, the X Men are a fucking family. Yeah. And this team, and we read the first twelve issues. Yeah, sorry, we're not reading the entire run because we can't. I know we said we would. And if you have gotten past issue twelve and you wanted to do it because of something we were doing, I, I apologize from the bottom of my heart that we are doing that to you. And please, please stop. Please go <laughs> please and read reading. any other X-Men book. 
Our any next one we're going to talk about. We'll read that one. But yes, any other X-Men book. Wait, what did we decide we were going to talk about? We didn't. We'll talk about it later. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it live and see what happens. We'll figure it out. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it uh, live. <laughs> um, Thanks, Bill. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, um, but, yes. but yeah, so in 12 issues, they were unable to become a family to the point where and it ends this arc, this 12 issue arc ends with them not even being remotely close to a family. Like, and being manipulated by the father of the family. Which is what I was going to say a minute ago. So Mark Millar's trait is taking, yeah, somebody, trait. <laughs> taking somebody and saying, what if they were a complete asshole? Yeah. Per- Professor X is already an asshole. As Kitty Pride once famously said, Professor Xavier is a jerk. So yeah. we know that he is a jerk. He is next level. Yes. He's a villain. He's the fucking villain of this story. Yeah. Now, before we get into the details of the story, I mentioned one time in the podcast, and you said it makes a lot more sense. Mark Millar famously said he had never read X-Men before he did this book. He only saw the movies and then uh-huh. did a little research before he started. Yeah, and that is... It that makes, shows. It's 100% that comes through. So imagine you've only seen, I think at the time, X-Men 1 and 2. That's it. And then you had a basic knowledge of the rest of the characters. You have the most shallow view of these characters. You're going to write them in a shallow way. Yep. And you're going to write them in a way where they only talk about relevant pop culture things. (laughs) Yeah. And they're dumb teenagers. Which, cool. I, I don't mind them being teenagers again. I don't mind them being dumb. But they never come together as a family. Yeah. They never... Like other than a couple scenes, seem to really even like each other. <laughs> like yes, true. Like some all, abruptly like each other. <laughs> some just all of a sudden are in relationships. Some are in very questionable fucking relationships. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no. This is this is very much a. Oh, I know, I know what the X Men are, but having no idea what the X Men are, and yeah. going and going to town because let's face it. At the time, Mark Millar could be paid to do whatever he fucking wanted, and he didn't give a shit. Yeah, and also, so before we get to the story beats and the character choices, let's talk about the, the design, the choice in costumes. What do you think? Hmm. Um, some of it worked for me. Like the actual, the tactical outfits were fine. Yes, I um, like how they had a reason. Like they, yeah, they, they uh, hid you from Sentinel scanning. That mm-hmm. makes sense. I like. It that. did make sense. Um, other than that. The one design that keeps coming back to me, <laughs> go for it, is the design of one of my favorite characters, who I have a who I've had two pets named after in my lifetime, by the way, which is Jean Grey. <laughs> Do you her, mean her lack of clothing? I mean her lack of clothing. I mean even like the way, um, is it Andy or Adam Kubert who, Kubert that draws, Andy, Andy. Um, oh, this is both actually. So they, oh, they both like, did it. Okay. Yeah, they both did it. So the Kubert brothers, huge in the early aughts. I don't really know if they're still producing art. They Andy a, does. Does he? Okay. They um. They were very very popular. Very yeah. When you think of the comic book style, they were perfect for it. Like they're just action, action, action. Big buff people, big beautiful women, everything. You know, like very good at that art. Um, they applied it to Jean Grey in a very <laughs> weird fucking way that I am yes. not happy with. So Jean Grey, um, 
fine. They want to make her a tall, muscular woman. Go for it, man. Jean Grey is a fucking beautiful woman. They've decided to make sure we let everyone know she's 19 years old many fucking times. And then hypersexualize her. And then in overly sexualize her. At no point does she ever have a full t-shirt on. (laughs) 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 Every every fucking pair of pants she wears is painted onto her. (laughs) If she even has pants on. Yes. Doing that. Like, like I, I, I don't understand. There's scenes where like she just randomly takes her shirt off after like she's a doctor at some point at 19 too. Like she can read the minds. She can read the minds of other doctors. So she becomes a doctor, which, okay, cool. But again, imagine you just watched X-Men one. What did you see her do in that movie? She was the doctor. Doctor shit. Yeah. And again, Jean Grey tends to be the doctor of the group. And and I've never understood how any of them are medical doctors, but, um, (laughs) Uh, I I, I guess (laughs) I will suspend my disbelief. For for a an X Men story that wants to have a heart in the X Men, if you can't do that, then I am not going on this journey with you. And they wanted me to go on a journey where they then put her in a not even romantic, just straight up sexual relationship. Oh, he didn't like the scene where she's just like, I don't know why I'm attracted to you. Oh bites God. her lip, and then Wolverine just kisses her in front of Cyclops. Can we? I don't remember what issue it is. I am so pissed off I didn't screen grab it. So I will between now and when this goes to the podcast <laughs> platforms. I have the book with me instead. But, but yes. The way he fucking, the way Wolverine kisses her is not even, I don't, I don't think, maybe I'm not a good lover. It is not <laughs> possible. Like he reaches somehow, she's away from him, but he somehow pulls her back. It is in uh, in front of her. Like they're not. Oh, it's terrible. They're not embracing in any way that a human being could embrace. And I get that Wolverine. And again, Wolverine's not short in this. They redesigned to be basically Hugh Jackman. Yep. Um, but not even as good looking as Hugh Jackman. Like they've they kept him looking kind of ugly. Very wildly. Yeah. Like they. It's so bad. But no, I cannot. I do not like the Jean Grey character. I do not think. I think she is. I think she. Toward the end of this arc, she gets a little bit more like her regular character, as far as yes. being empathetic and caring, yeah, and and wanting to do the best by everybody. Uh, issue four, by the way. Issue four. Okay, I need to. Where I really wish you'd never. I've never met you, so how come you find me so attractive? Bites her lip. I wish I knew. And then he bends her down in a weird angle and kisses right. her. How can I and then like he looks over kind of at Cyclops, he, like he's somehow, happy that he's watching. He's somehow kissing her and looking behind him at the same time while holding her in a weird fucking position that human beings can't really be like in. that's how you hold someone if they fainted and you didn't know you had to catch them. Exactly. Like she fell down and like he <laughs> caught her right before she hit the ground. Yeah. Now, okay. I will defend Wolverine's situation simply because he's lived for over a hundred years. Age doesn't really matter to him, I'd say, to a degree. To a degree. <laughs> like, okay. what's a twenty-year-old to compared to a forty-year-old to him? Sure. If you're over a hundred. Sure. Um, she's Just not so. an adult, is my point. She's not. I don't know. She's not. She's, she's nineteen years old. In the state of New York, cr- if you're over eight. <laughs> oh, I understand. Yeah, I understand they made sure we t- we everyone knew she was 19 because she was over the age of consent, which is disgusting in its own fucking right. Yes, but um, 
no, this didn't need to happen. <laughs> no, it didn't need to happen at all. This Not is all. so, this is dumb. This is a dumb choice. And especially like knowing as readers, and I'm going to, I'm going to assume the character of Wolverine doesn't see it like we see it, but these are children being clearly manipulated by Professor Xavier to be children's soldiers. Yes. And so she's already being manipulated by him. She's currently being sexually manipulated by an older man. Yes. Like, all she does is get manipulated by everybody. Character designs. I think I liked everyone except the BDSM juggernaut. That was a bit odd. Did not care for that. <clears throat> everyone else was either generic or safe. And again, if you watch like... X-Men 1, you don't believe in costumes. So you gave them some kind of uniform instead, yeah, which I'm okay with, actually. I didn't. But when it comes to character choices, my favorite, I don't know if I mentioned it on a podcast many times, my favorite mutant character is cyclops and oh yeah we don't, we haven't really gotten into that that's what we need to do that sometime really yeah, dive he's into favorite our mutant. favorite yeah and i'll get into reasons why later but in this particular story he is a dork and he is nothing and even when he rebels it's bullshit and yeah. like it's half-hearted half-hearted rebellions and then it's he's not it's, a leader he's a tactical leader and they're missing yes. what makes Cyclops a, a, an actual field leader is that he cares about the people with him. Well, we'll get and more into this eventually. But with Cyclops' character, again, with story beats, we find that he gets in a big fight with Xavier saying he doesn't believe in what he's doing. He thinks he's reckless. Then Xavier basically says, I'm going to calm you down with my powers. Mm -hmm. But then we find out that was all an act because he was always working for Xavier. Bullshit. That's someone who wrote themselves in a corner I had to backtrack it. Yeah. And I really fucking hate that. I hate yeah. lazy writing like that. Yeah. So let's get into the story a little bit. The first Oh, chapter, real quick. I did want to say too, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't really big on Nightcrawler's design. Basic. I felt, yeah. I felt like it was just. Because it was a Weapon X suit. So. Yeah. But like even his, like he was too dark. He had no facial features. The weird way they had like. His fans' energy yeah. coming out of his mouth and stuff. I, I didn't really like it. And, well, and again, the, and as a character, he had no, none of the Kurt Wagner heart, you know? Like, at all, yeah, none. Everyone was he, very shallow. And maybe he grows into it because, again, we just introduced him as he's being a slave, being tortured. So it's hard, it's hard to have heart, you know? Yeah. So we start the story of Gene going around the country getting these mutants, uh, Storm, Beast, and introduce him to the x-men world now again gene's portrayed as basically arrogant and cocky yeah right off the like. bat she yeah. was kind of just like a hey babe how's it going like just flirting with everybody oh, in classes, and just <laughs> oh in classes yeah and like manipulating everybody and just she thought she was the fucking the shit which yeah. fine i mean it, it doesn't feel like gene gray but if you're gonna change her i mean fine. it's ultimate universe we'll see how they're different and why they're different but mm -hmm. I feel like this whole book in general is the most 90s, 2000 book I've ever read. Yeah. Everything's extreme, you yeah. know? And it comes off that way with the art and with the, um, with the story choices. But after the team is introduced to us, the main team of this book is Beast, Cyclops, Colossus, Marvel Girl, not just Jean, and Storm. Now, right off the bat, I didn't like Storm because she's not Storm. She's not she's, Storm. She's not confident. She's kind of bougie. Like, at mm -hmm. one point, Beast calls her an uptown girl. I'm like, who the fuck is the uptown girl? Storm? Not Storm. No. 
At one point, they say she buys like some expensive designer dress and then gets too self conscious about it and doesn't wear it. Like, yeah, what? That's not Storm. Storm would be like, yeah, I'll wear the dress because I'm fucking beautiful. Like, yeah, it's very insulting to that character. And again, she's uh, a teenager and she's growing into who she'll be, but like, there's no hint of it at any point. Yeah, she has it's no, what the character is. She at no point, she doesn't even like her powers yet. Like, she doesn't feel connected to nature. Which would have been not until like the end of the second part, really. Yeah, or I guess the beginning of the second chapter. Sure. Yeah. But so like, yeah, Storm. I didn't mind her art-wise, like design-wise. I thought the it was, long hair was kind of yeah, nice. it was yeah. not it was cool looking. But yeah, as a character, they they treated Storm just as shittily as they treated Jean Grey. Yeah. Um. We meet Xavier. He's so, as we were saying before, so arrogant and cocky. Like, oh, don't worry about the painters. They only see what I want them to see. And Holy fuck. Okay, like, that was cool. the first, right off the bat, you learned, wow, so Xavier's just literally manipulating everyone in town. Yeah. Like, if they look holy. at a sign for the Xavier school, they only see, like, what was it again? Like a Baptist oh, church or something? Oh, they see a, a, a Jehovah Witness Center. So why have a sign if you have to change everyone's mind? Right? What like, the sign looks like. God, what a dumb <laughs> um, fucking. The only character I think was accurate was probably Magneto, and even that, not even fully, no, no. because he was more bloodthirsty in this yeah. book, and, and that and felt for, wrong at points. And just for the sake of being bloodthirsty, it felt like. Yes. like he and he was cruel for the sake of being cruel. Where I don't think Magneto and. and Magneto can be very cruel and can be very mean and exacting, but like I, he, I've never felt like Magneto is mean for the sake of being mean. He wants an end goal. He doesn't want like it to ripping be a guy's way. pacemaker out exactly just, for, just to like, have make a point. Just to make a point. It's not. He's not even the person. Like exactly. Like Magneto would totally do that, but to a person that maybe literally just killed another mutant or did yeah. something. Not because they messed up his plan. Exactly. Um, Um, I did did, like the story beat that he's sending Wolverine to kill Xavier. Like that's I was interesting. I was interested in that. I did. And even the whole bit about like purposely telling Weapon X that he was gonna be there so Xavier will feel bad for him and try and rescue him. I didn't that again, this is another reason I don't think it's Magneto, because one, Magneto wouldn't tell a government agency that wants to kill mutants about his plan. And two, it works out for him, and you knew no one would get hurt. No, no they did. And they did. They killed the mutant that went to pick him up. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, yeah. Magneto sacrificed a mutant. Like, and again, there have been many times where Magneto has made sacrifices and didn't yeah, it care varies, about people. But this was worse. But this, sure. was a, this was a decision where he contacted a government agency bent on eradicating mutants and let a mutant that follows him be executed just for his plan to kill Charles Xavier, which is yeah. never really what Magneto wants to do. Never, no. And um, we also, they also, the X-Men save Bobby Drake, so we get Iceman. We get Iceman. Um, and just like everyone else, his character is very shallow. We just see him as a kid. He's the youngest member of the group, I believe. Which felt kind of accurate for that time of Bobby Drake, you know? Yeah. Like, he, he can't, Bobby can be shallow. Now, after, I'm breezing through this, but after... He dresses like a pirate, though, which I'm not a big fan of. (laughs) He's got Um, like this weird handkerchief on his head and then another one on his arm. It's really weird. It works. um, It worked. I just don't get it. Like, why? No, there's no reason why. Yeah, which is a 
problem with a lot of this. So later, after the X Men save Wolverine, they uh, they <laughs> they have to save the president's uh, daughter, I believe, from the Brotherhood of Mutants. So here's where I get into a few more issues because we're introduced to the Brotherhood of Mutants, but we have no reason behind anything. For example, how many times throughout this whole fucking book did Quicksilver talk about things he can do because he's so fast, but never showed it? Exactly. So I could hang your skin in a blink of an eye. Like, then fucking do it. <laughs> like, why do you keep saying all these things? No wonder everybody do? hates you, man. You're all talking so, to. That happens a lot. Toad is randomly British. Is he normally British? I feel like he's I, not. I can't, I can't recall. I don't think he is. Blob has an eye on his head. Is that a tattoo or is that a third eye? I think it's a tattoo because I don't, it might not even be because I don't think I saw it at any other point other than when we first meet him. Yeah. So when the X-Men fight the Brotherhood of Mutants, there's a lot of the regular clash of like, are we even doing the right thing? Because because the Brotherhood of Mutants have the president's daughter, he was going to stop the Sentinel program. The Sentinels are a big point in this book. And I do like in the opening of the book, the Sentinels do accidentally kill people and cause damage. And the media is like, look how great they're doing. Yeah. Which so could happen the, today. <laughs> the, Sent- yeah, right. the Sentinel program in this book basically just hunts mutants in the open. Like yes. they, if they spot you with an X gene or whatever in the open, in the middle of fucking Manhattan, they will just swarm in and kill that person in the middle of broad daylight. Oh, that's like, another problem I had with this book. No sense of history of what mutants have been going through. It's just like, Right now is the time where they're all hunted down, mm-hmm. kill, and that's it. Kill on sight. Yeah, and it at no point is that, was there any like, well, we had we started this because the mutants did this. Yeah. And so we had like it was just straight up like mutants exist, so we have to ex- execute them. It went from zero to a thousand in like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Usually in the X Men stories, when it comes down to mutants now need to be executed, it's because a group of bad mutants did something or the X-Men were fighting off some secret government thing and people got hurt. And then the government was like, "Uh Oh, we got to be careful. You know, like there's usually some kind of catalyst to, to say we now need to execute people. Yeah. Like that's always supposed to be really hardcore and it's not, it's treated as just every day here. And that's where again, writing becomes an issue where if we started the book with the attack on the white house, that would be a progressive storyline to have mutants, uh, sentinels hunting down mutants all the time. Exactly. Because they blew up the White House. So yeah, that makes yeah, sense. That would, that would, in, yeah, is we, we live in, they dropped us into a post 9-11 world, which is weird because it, this book didn't come, this first couple issues came out before 9-11. Like right before um, probably. Yeah, like a couple months before. Yeah. Um, which means they were written like a year before probably. But like, but there was never any reason why. It was just like a, like draconian fucking state where people mutants were being hunted in the street and they were being rounded up as quote unquote terrorists. But there were, there was never any talk of like, well, there was, there was that one thing or like, you remember when the brotherhood destroyed a whole city, you know, like remember when we used to have Tokyo? Yeah. There was before I forget. So later in the story, (laughs) they go to Tokyo this, <laughs> yeah. this is this is about Jean Grey too. At one point, Jean is is talking to Hank about the other X Men in Tokyo doing some PR mission, and they're going to go on some TV show in in Japan and talk about mutant rights and all that fun stuff. And Jean is upset because it's not in America, 
or in or like somewhere where it's going to get big exposure as though tokyo is not one of the largest fucking cities in the world (laughs) it's treated like some third-rate market but also she then says i just wish we could get this exposure in the northern hemisphere i'm i am 80 percent sure that japan is in the northern hemisphere it's in the eastern hemisphere like like but like I, I i was like what the fuck is this shit this is just like there were so many like just subtle subtle racist, subtle sexist, subtle like just Yeah, I didn't know how I felt a, about Colossus saying I feel like a black guy helping the clan. Right? That, that was felt weird. It shouldn't, but it felt weird. It felt weird. You know why it felt weird? Because a non-American wrote it for another non-American. A like, Scottish man wrote a Russian man talking about black Americans. About black Americans suffering under clan tyranny. Like that that alone makes it weird. It does. You know, it like, really does. why is this Russian immigrant who's, Did, by his own omission, only been here for a few years? Yeah, talking about the clan. Like, it's it's very odd. And also, did you like how Hank isn't really a genius? He's just kind of a big guy that's kind of smart. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Yeah, but then as the story progresses, all of a sudden he gets smarter and smarter, and they call him a book a nerd and shit. Yeah, like, it's like someone, an editor, gave Mark Millar a note saying, "Hey, why is he just a dude? Yeah, so- why, is, why is he just a brawler?" <laughs> Yeah, but um, so as the story continues, as we mentioned, uh, Gene and Wolverine are getting together, and then abruptly, because remember, Wolverine was sent to kill Xavier. Wolverine completely changes his worldview because he's banging Gene. No, and he says himself, "No, I believe in Xavier's dream. I met you abruptly. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere, we see like one interaction between Wolverine and, and Charles, and then all of a sudden he tells Gene." I fell for you, but I really, I'm really here because I believe in his dream and his vision. Yeah, and I and I can see it, like what the shit. It, it didn't make any goddamn sense because again, if you're a lazy writer at that time, I guess you don't give me any of the reasoning or story beats between Wolverine and, and Xavier. You don't give me story beats between Gene and Wolverine. No. You don't give me story beats between, for some fucking reason, Beast and Storm. No, they, it just yeah, happens. He, Beast and Storm, all of a sudden, a couple. Wolverine just straight up tells Jean, why are you so attracted to me? Really? I haven't picked up on that. Yeah. I didn't really pick up on it. One time she says something to him, like, vaguely uh, flirtatious. Wanda and Cyclops. Wanda and Cyclops have some just weird happened. connection. But, like, it, it's out of control. Like, the amount of, like, it's, it's forced relationships. It's like, let's yeah. put them in, because they don't have any idea how to make them genuinely care about each other so they just stick some people together and say let's fucking roll with it and there it's done so within the story again what really annoyed me writing wise and i knew he was he wrote himself into a corner as i mentioned before xavier says i'm manipulating you cyclops to calm down and he still storms off and leaves and joins magneto and in the meantime i guess cyclops is undercover in the brotherhood of mutants um the White House says we're going to do one last mission with the Sentinels, but as a thank you for saving my daughter, we're going to end the program after this. And they brutally attack. Um, is it, it's not Genosha, Sav- Savage Lands. Yeah, they're in the Savage Land, which I, I was like, wow, they're just throwing the Savage Land in here. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, so after that happens, which it all feels like this is all part of either Xavier's plan or all part of Magneto's plan, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, Magneto rewires all the Sentinels to attack uh, humans, even though they still attack mutants later, but whatever. Um, (laughs) 
and sends like I'd say like twenty sentinels to attack the White House. Yes, just and, to D- to the DC area, I believe. Yes, and Cyclops convinces Wanda and Quicksilver to fight their own father, which was supposed to be a surprise that he was their father. Because remember that part where Magneto tells uh, Cyclops, "When you're around my son, call me father." Like, yeah. just to piss off his son? Yeah, I don't know if that was supposed to be a surprise. It felt kind of, like, shoehorned. I mean, yeah. it felt kind of telegraphed, I, I think is the word I was looking for. But, like, yeah, when he was, like, call me father. I'm like, wow. Like, I know Magneto hates his children, but that's even next level for him, too. Like, Yeah, it's weird. Everyone's extra vicious. So, uh, that, yeah, after exactly. they save... Everyone is meaner. Yes. Than they that's are. what like, also means to him. Like, meaner. cruel. Like, they're cruel. Like, yes. So after all this, the X-Men beat Magneto when Quicksilver knocks off Magneto's helmet and then Xavier puts him in a magnetic ball and then explodes him up. Yeah, he basically overwrites Magneto's powers so like he, Magneto can no longer control his magnetism, which yeah. means he's just so sexy to everybody and they run. And then, him. okay, before all this, Magneto was going to kill Xavier. Like he was just a nuisance, not like he they was, were old friends. no. And he tells him at one point too, and right before their their final fight, I I'm gonna finish what I started. I shouldn't have. I wish I didn't just cripple you in that jungle. I wish I killed you. Like again, that's like, not what? <laughs> that's not their fucking relationship. No, even, this is the guy who felt terrible that he's crippled. Like, <laughs> like even if you want to retcon it so that Magneto is the one that crippled Xavier, it is still a thing he carried. Like like they did in it's the a guilt. Like in they first did class. in the movies. Like yeah. He was like, you know what? I did it. Oh, well. But, like, secretly he was upset about it. Like, there would be times where, like, he was talking to Xavier. He's like, you know what? Shit happens, man. But then well, he would also in be In first like, class, when he crippled him, he felt terrible. Oh, yeah. When it first happened, he felt terrible. Yeah. But, like, I think it was, like, in the second movie or the third movie, whichever one was, where he was like, yeah, I know I crippled you. You need to move on from that. But, like, then. Yeah, like, because he was you using see- the thing to use to get his legs back but loses powers and yeah. he's kind of like embarrassed for him for doing yeah, that or like, yeah. just stop pretending you're not who you are like yeah just because you don't have your legs doesn't mean you're not the most powerful man in the world you know like I, it was more of that like yeah i'm feeling sorry for yourself i was in the holocaust um, <laughs> um so after that whole incident happened it was just uh, one of the bigger I believe, problems i believe i want to write a magneto story now just where he just tells everyone that like that's just his thing now he just walks around telling people stop feeling sorry for yourself i was in the fucking holocaust <laughs> he just walks around krakoa giving everyone the same weird pep talk <laughs> so now when you asked me earlier today i believe when you say how do you feel about the book because you said you hate the book i said i was yes. mixed because i only read that first part and that first part has some even though we're complaining about it, it has some solid ideas and story beats i'm less mixed than you are but i agree that there is there's potential, potential there, but not with this group. No. This next part, the Weapon X program, again feels like someone watched X-Men 2 and said, oh, I can expand on that. But one of the big issues the whole Ultimate line had was at a certain point when it was working uh, financially, every writer and editor was racing to see, what's the ultimate version of this guy and that guy and that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole Weapon X program felt like, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's bring in Nightcrawler and Rogue and, and Sabretooth and uh, Juggernaut. Like, let's just mm-hmm. run, rush, 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 and bring yeah. them in. And I hate that. Yeah, and it, it, it really pushed that idea. It felt exactly like what they did in the movie, too. Like, uh-oh, everyone's in their pins. What mutants are we going to see in there, you know? Like, yeah. So that, I really, that aspect of it I really hated. 
So basically the Weapon X program. Oh, sorry, before we get to that, like we mentioned before, Beast and Storm just in a relationship. Yes. Just for no I reason. Don't know, I don't know why, but they are now. We didn't get the connection between them. I mean, I don't I don't mean it like I don't know why. I mean, like I literally don't know what happened. I don't know yeah. how they decided they liked each other, why they Which is funny because there's an issue called one and a half where you think it would tell you what happened. Yeah. No. I, didn't, I didn't read that one. It wasn't included in what I was reading. I only read it because it's written by Jeff Johns, not Mark oh, Millar, cool. and I love Jeff Johns. And yeah. it was more competently written. So, <laughs> um, surprise. surprise, yeah. Which also it showed in that one and a half issue, um, them trying to recruit Wanda and um, Quicksilver. And mm-hmm. in that issue, uh, Quicksilver's kind of jealous that Cyclops and Wanda have a thing. And then it reminded me it is canon in the ultimate universe that those two are in an incestual relationship later on. It is canon. Yes. You're welcome. I did not know that. Yes. There is a particular scene where Wolverine insinuates that they're together and then Captain America looks at them and looks disgusted and that's it. Yeah. Wait, because there are scenes where she comforts Quicksilver in a very weird way. Yeah. And I was, and I thought to myself, wait, are they? Maybe they're not related in this universe. And then later they were, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, and then I just thought to myself, well, Mark Millar is awful. Maybe he just doesn't know how to write people interacting unless they want to fuck. <laughs> so yeah, they are can they are in canon together. So oh, so there's also a scene in the second part of this book, the Weapon X part, where uh, Iceman goes back home, comes back, he met a girl, and Xavier and Jean are having a discussion about wiping. Oh his my memory. god. <laughs> This, what the fuck was that? I just woke up. I just woke up a version of Jean Grey that's more accurate than this Jean Grey. It's okay. Go back to sleep. <laughs> Talking about my dog for listeners who don't know, I have a dog named Jean Grey. So in this scene, I was like literally disgusted. I was like, wait the fuck? So I interrupt. I screamed over you. So tell, tell him again what this scene is. It is Bobby went to back home for a little bit to see his mom for her birthday. He met a girl. And during this whole time, Gene and Xavier having a conversation about what they talked about, insinuating that when Bobby came back, immediately Xavier went through his memories to know what he did. That's fucking wrong. Then they had a discussion about should we, what's the easiest thing to do? Well, the easiest thing to do was to wipe his memory and her memory. Yep. Yeah. So apparently Bobby Drake, because he's like they point out to he's 15. You know how 15 year old boys are. He met a girl and he told her everything. He told her all about our our school and our adventures and our mission and our danger room or whatever, our code names, whatever. Like, And Jean Grey is just like in the fucking kitchen talking psychically with Xavier. And they both agree. He first of all, he asked a 19 year old that he's already manipulating what she thinks she should like to make it seem to, to take the onus off of him as the adult. And put it on her to wipe Bobby Drake's memory. And at the end of this whole conversation about wiping a little boy's memory, she says, "Are you still here? Why do I still miss Wolverine?" It's like, yeah, oh, she like pulls fuck. out some letter out of like her back pocket that almost makes it seem like Wolverine just snuck a letter in her back pocket. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand what happened in that scene. At so that during end. all this, the Weapon X group comes to attack the school because they found out because when they were in Tokyo rogue touched uh colossus i believe and got all the information about the school yes and told uh the general so i like rogue's design yeah like i liked her hair i liked the way they drew her i thought she looked very rogue like as a kid they didn't super sexualize her 
which probably helped that they had her in like an like a you know like tactical out outfit most of the time but like given what they've done to every other woman in the series the fact that a woman who is generally over sexualized in the x-men universe already was not was pretty surprising to me yeah so uh the the we find out that weapon x is run by shield technically so shocker there yeah fuck man yeah which i'm okay as a story beat yeah that makes sense it's an off the books part of shield like you know that makes sense to it. And we even see Nick Fury later, even though he's a different Nick Fury than the one we get in the Ultimates, but whatever. Yeah, why? what was that? Like, that felt I, weird. I think because Ultimates, I have to assume Ultimates came out third. Maybe. And they just, yeah, yeah. that's when they decided they wanted to make him look they, like Samuel Jackson. Yeah, because that was really weird. Because, like, it took me a minute to even figure out who the fuck he was. And me I too, think yeah. I didn't know who he was until he said who he was, I think. Yeah, it was weird because Brian Hitch, I believe, did the art for the Ultimates, That's and he true. literally said, yeah, yeah, yeah. "I want him to look like Samuel Jackson." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was weird. So um, after they attacked the school, I did like that scene that Bobby had where he was just freezing everyone. I, that was I, pretty cool. I did like the way they treated Bobby Drake in this. Like as, he's as powerful a, as a powerful mutant, which I believe. Again, I'm gonna assume they didn't read it, but like Bobby Drake does become very powerful over Omega like, level yeah yeah i mean he, he's a very strong mutant and it started in the mid 90s and he grew more and more powerful over well in over that scene I, I love because they already took out most of the x-men i guess they didn't have a file on bobby <clears throat> well and, maybe because uh, he kind of recently just joined them too yeah and then i think it was Sabretooth who mentioned like something's wrong with the air and mm-hmm. then you see all of the military guys freezing I'm can like, we talk pretty cool can we talk about how Wolverine and Sabretooth are able to tell exactly, like, or not exactly, but roughly how long a human being was around based on their scent? Like, I'm okay with that. A, numer- a, a numerous times it was like, he's been gone for at least 90 minutes. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is weird. I'm okay with that. Like, I would, I was like, he's been gone for probably probably a, a, a while. Like, you know, like, but to be like, mm, he left here at 8.45, on a train heading to Chicago, another train left Manhattan. It's like this, this fucking word problems with these goddamn mutants. I don't know. Every time they did it, it felt weird. They did do it a lot. So after the X-Men are captured, we then again, miss time and cut to a point where they're already working with the weapon X program. This is forcefully, wild, of course, they, but still they, um, and I, I meant to say this when we were talking about the first arc, the way they jump from problem to final conflict is crazy. Like it's yes. all of a sudden, like we have a problem at Magneto. Oh shit. Magneto's attacking everyone. And now we have this big battle and everything's jumbled and happens really fast. And we resolve it really fast. Yeah. If and this was Claremont that, era, it would have been Cyclops leaves the team. And like 10 issues later, you find yeah. out he's undercover. Cyclops would have been gone from the team for a year. Yeah. You would have gotten a whole new team. This did happen. Cyclops did leave the team during the curse call, not to join the brother yeah to get married but like he stayed gone and yeah. you still checked in on him we still saw him in the books but he was gone from the team the team had a new dynamic they had to figure themselves out like story progression god <laughs> so i honestly this is when i started getting fed up so a lot of the weapon x stuff i just kind of breezed through mm-hmm. um especially they, the colonel colonel wraith or wrath or whatever the fuck his name was he's wraith, the worst He's, yeah, it wasn't a good character. Like, like he was even, so extremely hateful. Yeah. Like, and again, it went to a vicious level where I'm like, he's comedic now. He's not yeah, Exactly. He's so over the top that it's like, is this like satire at this point? Like, Yeah. And then he told the president or another colonel 
that they killed Xavier because he was too powerful, but really they're controlling him, excuse me, they're controlling him in a big machine. If I remember correctly. Yes. They had him all they had him hooked up to the, an extreme version of Cerebro. Yeah. Like to the point where they had things coming in and out of his arms and hands and Which, feet and why? chest. What is like, that doing? What is that doing? He's his power's in his brain. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand. So you're... skipping to the end, the Brotherhood of Mutants rescue the X-Men. And um it was fine. Like there were twists and turns and oh, so Gene it, had to kill someone. Yeah, so Gene, yeah, so this was one of the moments that kind of brought Gene back to what that character can't should be, where she had to choose between saving a person's life and saving Scott's life. And she ended up killing the, the scientist that was doing a lot of bad shit to mutants to yeah. save Scott. And then she felt really shitty about it. And it changed her dynamic for the rest of that story. Like it really did. It, you see it play out in the final conflict when everyone is, when the brotherhood comes to rescue the X-Men and the other mutants in weapon X, the X-Men and the weapon X and the weapon X mutants and the brotherhood mutants just start tearing the fucking place down. They start killing people. They they're just unleashing because they're angry. They've just been yeah. tortured for months. We don't know how long really. But Gene is the one who stops them. Like Colossus is literally trying to bring a building down on people. And Gene stops him. She, and she starts stopping everyone and she's crying. She's like, I don't know how long I can stop you all from doing this. But I don't think this is the right way to go. Murdering people. We're supposed to be homo superior and we're acting like these monsters and we're yeah. better than that. And that was a very poignant moment which got resolved too quickly. Yes. All of a sudden, there was nothing from it. She gives this big speech. Scott is like, she's right. We can't kill people. The X-Men say we can't kill people. They're all on board. They even somehow convince most of the Brotherhood not to kill people. Which, yeah, why which would they care? Which is weird. Why would they care? Why well, the people they... have been tortured for years. Oh, no, that's what happened. They were about to convince them, but then Nick Fury and his agents came and, and shut the whole thing down. Anyway. And then told them that they put, they're the ones who brought Wolverine in there in the first place. Exactly. And yeah. then... And then all of that, all of that big speech, all of that reconnecting with what should be her family, getting her family to see, to believe in the quote-unquote Xavier dream of not killing people, peaceful resolution. She does all that. They buy in, and then it ends with them going to join the Brotherhood off-panel, except for Jean. All the X-Men leave anyway and yeah. go to join the Brotherhood. So it's like, what the fuck is the point of this speech? Why did they do it temporarily? Why did they agree with Jean temporarily and then say afterwards okay but i am going to go join magneto who very clearly or the brotherhood who very clearly believe in killing people yeah it, it, it made no sense and then at the all. very end the very very end of all this xavier says that was my plan for phase two phase so he's, the he's the fucker are you talking he's about? the ron DeSantis of the ultimate universe because <laughs> like, because the first arc ended with him talking about well that was phase one we've 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 gotten people to believe in us now or see that we're not awful. And then phase two immediately was, I'm going to let my team get kidnapped by torture. Tortured. Yeah. And like, Oh, and have that. people die. And he literally said, ev everything's two? going according to phase two. I'm sorry. Phase two was us getting things put in our brain that they, if they hit a button, I, my brain would have blown up. The fucking suicide or, squad. Or, or like, um, the experiments they did on on Hank McCoy to turn him in, into the beast, like yeah. you, you, he was a, a a child, yeah, and he's a a creature now because of your decision. 
Like, this is terrible. Like, and the at the very end, going, I never said I killed Magneto. Yeah, and so it hints that Magneto's still around, and I because in the one and a half him. issue, in the one and a half issue, you find out all they had left of Magneto was his helmet, the military. Mm. So that was the first hint. Oh, so what happened? If I remember correctly, is this how they get to onslaught in in Ultimate? Like, is he in his brain? Did he like that? Download? I don't know. I feel but like I he will. Down- now we're at the end of this story. Let me tell you some stuff that happens after an Ultimate. All right, let's go. Let's look at how. The trajectory goes for now. Lots of ultimate. ultimate X Men I don't know about, but the famous thing in uh, Ultimatum was like the first big or not. What year big, was this? Do you recall? Like when this I don't was? Okay. This years is they've they've already been I've been three or four Ultimate trades worth okay. of uh, X Men, and there's been two this series wasn't of the, the Ultimates. This wasn't the end of the Ultimate line, right? No. What was this that? Was, to me, this was the beginning of the end. Um, the, the end was called end was, Ultimate End. Ultimate End. Okay. Yeah. So basically what happens in Ultimatum before Ultimatum in Ultimates 3 Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver die when they're with the Avengers, the Ultimates. They're they're dead and Magneto loses it. So what he t- <laughs> First he goes to the X-Mansion and he finally kills Xavier. Xavier reads his mind to see what his plan is and he kills Xavier. Xavier's okay. dead. So first shock value. Then he changes the magnetic pull of the earth and floods all of New York, indiscriminately kill, killing multiple heroes, not just mutants, but multiple heroes. Like, I think Nightcrawler died drowning, and that's it. Jesus. Wasp died. <laughs> uh, we find out Wasp is dead because. So, I'm sorry, wait. So, a person who can teleport and a person who can fly died in a flood? Yes. Okay, cool. So in this story, this I shit you not. This is gonna be hard for you to believe. Hank Pym is looking for a wasp. He goes into the sewers and finds the blob ripping her head off, eating her in her tiny size. So Hank Pym grows to giant size, grabs the blob, and eats it, rips his head off. What the actual fuck? This is a real thing. Yes. Like in the stories we just read, they commented on blob eating people, but what the fuck? Yes, that's how he Wasp eats. a mutant died. Being eaten by Wasp and then Hank Pym, I think he's Yellowjack at this point, eats him. God. That's so, dumb yeah. as fuck. So now uh, everyone's trying to kill Magneto, he doesn't give a fuck. He's lost it because his two kids are dead. You know, his two kids he didn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, the one kid that he especially Quicksilver yeah, so he's doing more terrible things, and it leads to everyone, Avengers and X-Men, attacking his big mansion. And the big reveal is um, Nick Fury and someone else, I forgot who, tell Magneto the truth of this secret document, that mutants are not the evolutionary chain. They were made in a lab in the fucking 50s by S.H.I.E.L.D. And this breaks Magneto, mm-hmm. his whole belief system that he's special, He's just a genetic experiment. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it gets I better. Re- I realize better. we're on an audio medium and I'm just staring at the screen right now. So yes. listeners, please know that my jaw, I believe, is on the floor right now. It gets better. Um, then I believe Cyclops kills him. He burns him completely after he begs for death or something like that. He begs for forgiveness or whatever. So burns him I with what? A- His optic blast? That on yeah. heat vision? Yeah. Okay. So now Magneto's dead, 
And the story Don't listen ends. to what Gail, Gail Simone tells you. His vision is not heat vision. <laughs> yes. Um, the story ends with the president, uh, Nick Fury, and Cyclops going on a podium to announce the mutant registration and how every mutant, this is led by Cyclops, that every mutant has to now register with the government. As Cyclops is on the podium, he is shot by a sniper. Who's the sniper? Quicksilver. What? Quicksilver has killed Cyclops. He is dead. Oh, oh, sorry. Also, the person protecting Xavier before Magneto came was Wolverine, and Magneto officially killed Wolverine, ripping his bones out. Cool. Yeah, so Wolverine's also dead in canon. Um, so now the story ends with the psychotic resurrected Quicksilver wearing his dad's clothes, kind of like this story ended, wearing his dad's clothes and swearing revenge on the mutants. And that's how Ultimatum ended. What the fuck? That sounds that, awful as shit. A lot of people consider that the end of that universe. Yeah. Um, because Invisible Woman died and that drove um, Reed Richards crazy. Uh, just a lot of character things change after that, for better mm-hmm. or worse, mainly worse. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it's one of the most infamous Ultimate Universe stories, if not the most infamous. Just cause. Yeah, no, I never... Yeah. I never read it. If you I, look I, it up, you'll first thing you'll see is probably the blob eating um, wasp. That's like the first famous picture I come. I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. That's so dumb. It's really dumb. So mutants aren't even special; they're just a genetic mistake. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's where that universe goes. I've heard good things. I also remember reading some good things later because I know Robert Kirkman writes mm-hmm. his book for a while yeah like and i'm definitely interested to see what he does doesn't it don't at some point they rebrand it and they call it ultimate comics x-men and like, that's after ultimatum yeah yeah right because ultimate went over so badly they had to kind of like reboot their own reboot <laughs> yeah which happens in comics all the time sadly, sure yeah i mean still so when they rebooted that we had some better x-men stories by nick spencer we had Miles Morales, Spider-Man. We had a new Fantastic Four group. We had President Captain America, which is actually pretty good. So, like, stuff like that. They redid sure. some stuff with that. But that whole universe is now officially dead thanks to uh, Secret Wars. Which yeah, right. Is that what happened? John Hickman. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic... It's, to me, my personally, my favorite Avengers run is by Jonathan Hickman. So, basically, the universe is dying, and the theme of the whole arc was everything dies. Because mm-hmm. every multi, every planet in the multiverse is crashing into each other. Yeah. So the incursions are happening. At the end of all the incursions, it was down to the Ultimate Universe and the Six One Six Universe, mm-hmm. and that was the final incursion. And of course, Six One Six lived. And then, and, how did like Miles get here? Like, what? Why did they choose to take um, the good ones? It's gonna sound ridiculous, which is not too crazy. So basically, what happened was Doctor Doom took the powers of the beyonder and became a God mm. and remade the planet out of different pieces of the multiverse. Um. And then the surviving people from the original universe fought Dr. Doom. They beat him during this whole time. It was all being held together by an imprisoned molecule man. Mm. And Miles Morales, who's on the surviving team members found him imprisoned. And literally he said, do you have a hamburger? And he's like, I actually do. And then when he remade all of existence, he remembered that Miles gave him a hamburger. <laughs> I think I love that. Yeah, that's Hickman. That's all Hickman. <laughs> like, 
at first I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But within 30 seconds, I'm like, that's also very touching and sweet and perfect yeah. for miles. And that's just, yep. that's really awesome. And now that's I want to cry. Right there. <laughs> like, that's a great idea. So that's also why I kind of want a hamburger, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's why him and only a handful of people survived the multiverse being crashed. But don't worry because Reed Richards and his family went into space and rebooted the multiverse because his son's a god. So, um, yeah. And also, we need multiverse because we want to tell other stories. Basically. Uh, that's also how you had old man Logan inside the main yes, continuity for that's a while. right. Yeah, yeah. He, he literally fell between the cracks because when they remade the universe, they knew they had to bring back Wolverine. And Wolverine was already like in between the realities when it happened. Old Man mm. Logan Wolverine, and he st- ended up just staying. Mm. Which led to a really good book by Jeff Lemire, where he was trying to kill everyone who fucks up his future, but mm. he didn't realize he was in a different continuity. He thought he just went back to the past. Oh, that's funny. So he was that killing people that didn't even do things that probably weren't even going to do those things in his future because it was interesting. Different. And he that knew that cool. because there was a different Captain America. And he's like, wait a minute, Falcon was never Captain America. Something's mm. different. Interesting. So, it was good. So that is Ultimate X-Men. <laughs> yeah. How many X's you give that shit? Two. I'm being generous and I'm giving it two because of effort and because if you took someone that reboot this entire franchise and you've only watched two movies and a few issues, two, I think I can give it two X's. I think I'm going to go with one. They, well, they that's just, fair. It's also very They fair. fucked up too many things. And just, I cannot, I cannot forgive not having the spirit of the X-Men be a part of it. Like Ultimate Spider-Man, the spirit of Spider-Man was there. Yeah. The, the Ultimate Daredevil book I read, the spirit of Daredevil was there. The spirit of Elektra was there. It was a different shirt. Even the you know, Ultimates, like, like there's a even spirit the, of a team. Yeah. Right? Like it, it's still that Avengers mentality. Yeah. But like this, there's, it's not the X-Men. No, at all it's not. it's not even the x-men it's not even what if the x-men started now it's just it's what if we needed to make money off the x-men movie yes that's fair that's what that's what the plot of this the, this book is so i want to bring this uh option to the listeners we'll put a poll on uh on twitter okay. here's my option i think we should either review house of m I have a lot to say about that because really what brought me back into X-Men comics. Are you going to remind me about this when we're done? Or do yes. I note this? I'll text you. <laughs> so that I know um, what poll to put up. Yeah. So House of M, I think it changed everything because that's when Wanda did the whole No More Mutants. Mm-hmm. I think that really kind of brought back the X-Men ironically, even though it took away a lot of them. I, it got me back into X-Men and okay. really kept me there, with okay. especially with the less than 200 mutant stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either House of M the Frank Miller Wolverine story. Mm, okay. I, I remember liking it. I haven't read it in a long time, but it's like, it's, it's pretty short, I think. Yeah. It's not. The, yeah. I, I, it, it's I'm, Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Yes. It's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not against, <laughs> I'm not against it. I'm just not a big fan of that. that. Or the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont Genesis 2.0. We're oh. going full on nineties. Yeah. Oh man. The Mutant yes. Genesis storyline? Mutant Genesis, thank you. Yeah, Mutant Genesis 2.0, first trade. So it's those three. We'll put a poll out and see by, by like, I don't know, by Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. Okay. We'll put that poll out there and see what people pick for us to review next. I think that'll be fun. Because all be those have redeeming aspects of it, I think. Well, House of M is just good. It's a good story. 
Um, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I remember it being okay. I haven't I haven't read House of M in forever. Yeah, I, I read did, it multiple times. Which okay, is amazing. I yeah. read the Wolverine trade a few years back and thought it. Was I hope to think of the right one because I know Frank Miller did his own yeah. one time. No, no, I, yeah, I know. Which one. Yeah, yeah. Where he goes to Japan for the first time yep. and that mm-hmm. whole story comes up. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Silver Samurai. And all it, that it's that. it's one hundred percent iconic and yeah. has defined the character to today. And in the Wolverine was very much based on that that book as well. Yeah, the movie The Wolverine. Um, good movie until the last act. Yeah, I agree. It, it was pretty good. Um, and I forgave the last act because the movie before it, the Wolverine movie before it, was so bad that I'm like, fuck it, this movie yes, is much too. better. And um, uh, or Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. I have not visited. The Jim Lee X-Men in a long time. The highest selling comic in history. Oh, I, think still I, day. I own no less than five fucking versions of that goddamn. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that has defined a lot of X-Men. Even oh, though yeah. a lot of people haven't even read it. But that's mm-hmm. defined a lot of what X-Men is today. So mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I read it. I do have it signed. But I have a trade signed by Jim Lee. Well, don't read that one. Don't touch it. Um, <laughs> You can use ultimate. You can use Marvel Unlimited. I think free until June second. So oh, okay. <laughs> don't touch yeah. your signed Jim Lee fucking book. <laughs> Keep that sealed. It's a trade. It's in the cover. You just sign the cover. Not the cover. The inside cover. Just be careful, man. These are crazy oh, trust times. Me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want. Um, you don't want that signature to get the coronavirus. <laughs> you need to socially isolate from that signature. So yeah, those are my three options. We'll put it up on Twitter. By the time you're listening to this, it'll definitely be up already. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll see what you guys think. And if you have a another suggestion, totally be interested to see what you guys want. Yeah, us we'll to put read. I'll put it in other spot, and then you can tell us what it should be. Yeah. And then so I, I want. Try, I'm trying me, three different eras. You know, yeah. three very different eras. We can. Talk yeah, about. definitely. Yeah, one is what the '80s, the '90s, and early 2000s, right? Mid 2000s. Yeah, mid 2000s. Yeah. So, no. Those are definitely, those are all definitely um, very big touchstones in the X Men universe. So, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening, Josh. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. Oh. You can find me at Madman3005. I just want to thank all of our listeners. And if our listeners want to become subscribers and to make sure you stay up to date with all our stuff. Don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button on whatever device you're listening to us to. And uh, we'd appreciate it. And if you want to review, tell a friend, you know, be, grab a random person on the street. Grab them by like no. the top. No, no. Grab them by the top of their arm like they did in the like, 1950s with women. Grab them and be like, listen, listen to this podcast. No. Also, we do not advise you to grab anyone by the top of One, their arm. One, I would never advise you in the best of times to touch another human being. And I am not advising <laughs> anyone to do it in the middle of a fucking pandemic. <laughs> I didn't think this plan through. Fine. Whatever. Clearly. Do what clearly. you got to do to spread the good word. From six feet away from people say, have you heard about this podcast? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you like X-Men? You don't like this podcast. Check it hey, out. Hey, where are you going? I could, I could run after you, but stay six feet behind you. Come back here. Yeah. Hey, stop, stop moving. Stop moving. Also, uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't chase anyone down the street. Don't right chase now. or harass anyone. But, you know, you're a human being with your own choices in life. <laughs> so, until then, guys, we'll see you in the theater of New Mutants next time. There's never going to be a New Mutants movie. Bye.